In this time of desperation When all we've known is doubt and fear There is only one foundation We believe We believe In this in this broken generation When all is dark you help us see There is only one salvation We believe We believe We believe in God we believe in Jesus Christ We believe in the Holy Spirit And He's given us to life We believe in the crucifixion We believe that He conquered death We believe in the resurrection And He's coming back again We believe Let our faith be more than anthems Greater than the songs we sing And in our weakness and temptations We believe
holy, holy, Lord God Almighty, who is and was and is to come. Amen. And He is coming soon and very soon. And I'm praying even so come Lord Jesus. Amen. I'm ready to go. And uh, ain't nothing here interests me anymore. Amen. 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 Good to see each one of you tonight. Praise God for all the visitors that have come to be with us. We appreciate you. Uh, Come from other churches and coming from the community and around about. We thank you and praise God for you. And some of them we roped up down down at the duck's nest. Amen. Amen, Brother King. <laughs> and uh, so we thank y'all for coming, Brother. Good to see you. Last time I was with Brother King was in Israel. Amen. The Holy Land. Had a wonderful time there. A bunch of us pastors. And and uh, it was a blessing. And uh, so uh, good to see y'all, Brother. Praise God. If you have your Bibles tonight, we're going to turn again. Uh, to the book of Psalms will be our text, Psalms 46. Sir, tap the Nothing. The Lord said, without me, you could do nothing. There you go, you got something. All right, amen. Amen. Good to have Almost Home with us again tonight. We appreciate these dear brothers and sisters coming to be with us again tonight. Psalms 46, if you got your place, we'll stand in the reverence of the reading of God's Word. If you're not able to stand, it's okay. You don't have to. Verse 1, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear... Though the earth be removed, though the mountains be carried to the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Salem, there's a river. The streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her and ride early. The heathen raged. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered His voice. The earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Salem. Come, behold the works of the Lord. What desolations He hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow. He cutteth the spear asunder. He burneth the chariot the fire. Be still and know that I'm God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Sailor, let's pray. Father, tonight we are praying Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, we're asking You to work in the realm of the supernatural, Lord. In the realm of the Spirit, do we cannot do in the realm of the flesh. God, we're asking You by the Holy Ghost of God, take the Word of God and do the work of God in all of our hearts and all of our lives for Your glory. Lord, don't leave us to ourselves. We beseech Your source of glory. Help us, O Lord, as we cry tonight 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated. We have seen from this text already the sovereignty of God is our refuge and it speaks of the power of God. There is no power, there is no authority that supersedes the power and authority of our God. God is our refuge and strength of very present help in trouble. And we have seen in verse 1 that word shelter in the Hebrew. Uh, that word refuge in the Hebrew it means a shelter. Amen. Brother, it is time to run to the refuge. And if you'll run to the refuge, which is God's provision by His grace, You'll find that this shelter, amen, it is a shelter that yields salvation, amen. And brother, when we experience His salvation, this shelter also gives unto us God's safety and God's security and God's strength, amen. So therefore, we will not fear. We don't have to fear, amen, because God is in control. And therefore, though the mountains be removed and cast into the midst of the sea and the sea is roaring and troubled. We saw last night that's environmental chaos and confusion and calamity. But right in the midst of the situation of chaos, there's a calm. There's a river. Oh, and this river makes glad the city of God. Who's the city of God? The people of God. The people that have run to that refuge, amen, and received the salvation of God. So therefore, we, in the midst of a situation, in the crisis, we can exhibit a calm faith. Because this river, it fills us up, amen, with the very Spirit of God, and it flows through us, amen. And this river fails not. Is the eternal river of God to the people of God. So last night we saw in verse 4 a calm faith. Tonight we want to preach on verse 5, 6, and 7. In verse 5 we're going to see the continual favors. In verse 6 there's the confused furious. In verse 7 there's the commander's fellowship. That's what we're going to be looking at tonight. We see here, if you have run to the refuge and you've received the salvation of God, that's what you'll get, amen, if you go there. There's the continual favors of God to the people of God. There's three things in verse 5. God is in the midst of her. That speaks of God's presence. He tells His people, amen, I will not fail you nor forsake you. Amen. I shall never leave you nor forsake you. Praise God. That's the continual favors of God to the people of God. I'll read you that in Psalms 139 and verse 7. Where shall I flee from thy spirit? Where shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost part of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me and thy right hand shall hold me. Last night we saw the saving hand of the sovereign God and tonight we're going to see the sustaining hand of God as He sustains us. Amen. Amen. That's the continual faith to the people of God. 
Y'all remember when Jesus told the disciples in Mark chapter 4, get in the boat, we're going to the other side. They get in the boat and they're going to the other side and they get in a situation. They get in a storm. They get in a crisis. Jesus goes down there and goes to sleep on a pillow. And he ain't worried about it. And they did everything in their ability, in their sufficiency, in their resources, and in their intellect to bring that boat to shore. Brother, the situation just kept deteriorating until it got to the place somebody better wake up Jesus. That's what's wrong with America. We just ain't there yet. We're still rowing the boat. Jesus stepped out on the bow of that boat and said, Peace be still. The storm quit raging. And He looked at him and said, How is it? You have no faith. Now, he wasn't telling them if you had enough faith, you could have spoke to the storm and stopped the storm yourself. No, that's what the TV preacher did. That's right. <laughs> what he's telling them is simply this. Did I tell you to get in this boat? Yes, sir. Did I tell you we were going to the other side? Amen. Yes, sir. Have I left you? No, sir. Ain't I in this boat with you? Yes, sir. Right in the midst of the same storm, the same situation? Yes, sir. Then how is it you have no faith in what I told you? Right. See, there's the problem, folks. Faith is getting a word from God and walking obedience to that word, amen, in spite of the situation and the circumstance. Believe in God that God is going to bring it to pass. The just shall live by faith. Anything that's not faith is sin. Faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Brothers, get the word from God. Brother, you're going to have to believe God said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. That's the continual favors of God. Amen. I don't know why I'm so squealing. Amen. Y'all hear that? Is it bothering y'all? Amen. Is it bothering you? It don't bother me. It doesn't bother y'all. So what we have got to understand as the children of God, there's the continual... Maybe it's about... Let me take my phone out of my pocket. Maybe that's too close to that. Okay. And um, the continual favors of God that He gives to the people of God. Not only do we see there's His presence, amen, but there's His power. Psalms in 62, it says, God is my refuge, my rock, my strength. Therefore, I shall not be moved. Now, we're not going to re-preach that. We preached that last night, amen. God is sovereign. He said, My sheep hear my voice. I know them. I give them eternal life. They shall never perish. And never means never. If He didn't mean never, He'd have never said never. But since He said never, He meant never. That's the power of God. Amen. No man can pluck them out of my hand. There is no power that supersedes the power and the authority of the sovereign God that saved us. Amen. By His grace. I shall not be moved. That's the continual favors of God to the people of God. 
Not only there is His presence and His power, but there is His protection. Now that's what I want to get to. The protection. See, in verse 1, the word refuge in the Hebrew is a shelter. But in verse 7, when we get to it, that word refuge, the God of Jacob is our refuge, and that word refuge in the Hebrew means a stronghold. A fortified garrison. A place of protection. God is our refuge and strength, the very present help in trouble. Brother, here is the protection of God is one of the very favors of God. Now remember, when God... <laughs> let me back up here a second. Remember the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter 7, Solomon gives the prayer a sermon of dedication. He builds the temple. He gives a sermon of dedication, a prayer of dedication, and the manifested presence of God comes and fills the Lord's house. The people fall on their face in humiliation and worship. And this is what God told them in verse 13. If I shut up the heavens, there be no rain. If I send locusts to devour the land, if I send pestilence upon my people. Now who's doing the sending? The sovereign. Who's doing the receiving? His people. Now I'm going to preach on that more in detail tomorrow night. But I need to get it in here tonight. Then we all can quote the next verse. If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. Amen. Verse 15. God says, My eyes are open and my ears are attentive to the prayer that's made in this place. Okay? That's what God told me. That's a word. Word from God. Sixty years later, after that, Jehoshaphat is the king of Judah. His military has already been suffered a great defeat and been decimated because of his disobedience. Amen. And brother, he comes back and repents, gets right with God. And now the Ammonites, a great multitude, is coming against him to invade his kingdom. And brother, he has no strength. He has no military might. Brother, I'm telling you, his back is against the wall. He's in a situation. He's in a crisis. And he remembers 60 years ago, God said, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray, turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. Amen. Come on, brother. Amen. Let me read you 2 Chronicles 20. This is what Jehoshaphat said. If when evil comes upon us as a sword a judgment, a pestilence, a famine, 
We stand before this house and in thy presence for thy name is in this house and we cry unto thee in our affliction and thou will hear and help. God, you said you would. He's praying the word of God by faith. God, you said. And brother, you know what? They're in the house of God on their face before God. Where's America tonight? We stand in this house. I'm amazed today at the believers even that have forsaken the house of God. We ought to be a flock into the house of God, to the altars of God, getting on our face before God, crying in our affliction. Brother, look what he cries. Verse 12. We have no might against this great company. That's his confession. Listen, I'm going to stand before you tonight and admit to you, listen, we got no power to fight Corona. You can't even see the stuff. Then he says, also in verse 12, neither know we what to do. Hello. Why I'm amazed, man, I'm telling you, boy, when this stuff first came out, what did what did the you know the C D say, Oh well, you know, it came out last spring or so, and you know what well, when it gets hot weather it's gonna burn up, it'll go away. Well it didn't. Well when it gets cold in the winter time, it'll go away. It mutated. And they study just stuff for you. It gets in the air. It gets all over everything. And it stay two or three days. If you touch something, boy, you're going to get it. And they had, CDC had to go back and retract that. No, that ain't right. Well, if you cough, it stays in the air for 24 hours. And they had to go back and recant that. you got to stay 20 feet apart. No, 16 feet apart. No, it's 6 feet apart. No, it's 3 feet apart. No, don't worry about it. <laughs> you got to wear the mask. No, one ain't enough. got to have two. Then you got doctors say, no, the mask don't even work at all. Why don't somebody just say, we don't know what to do? Amen. Amen. I tell you why, it's the pride and arrogance of man. Amen. Amen. In our know it all attitude, we're still trying to row the boat. Now you can disagree with me if you want to, amen. God said, if I shut up the heavens, there be no rain. If I send locusts to devour the land. If I send pestilence upon my people. Brother, listen. Why? I believe this pestilence is sent by the hand of a sovereign God globally to humanity to remind them I'm God. Because, brother, I'm, this ain't an American problem, folks. This is a global problem. That's right. And I've got friends around brothers and sisters in Christ globally around this world that are dying just like we got friends and family dying. Listen, it rains on the just and the one just. Amen. But God's still God. Because we have got globally, we've got scoffers and scientists and scholars that deny and blaspheme and mock and laugh at God when they read the book of Revelations, when it speaks over there like a, a, a quarter of the world's population dying with disease, they say, oh no, not in our day, not with our modern medications and inoculations and vaccinations. That'll never happen. It's happening. Amen. God's saying, I'm God. 
Brother, they get on their face before God and they just confess we don't know what to do. But our eyes are on you. Brother, here he is 60 years down the road and God, you gave a word and we got nowhere else to go but you. You know what he's doing? He's waking up Jesus. Amen. God, our eyes are upon you. What God say? If my people are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray and seek my face. Turn from the wicked ways, I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin and heal their land. You know what God told them? Stand still and see this day the salvation of God. And God went out there and fought that battle. It took them three days for the Leo to pick up the spoils. See, this word, God shall help her, that's military language. It's the language of protection. Our God will help. Now, now you can get on to 2 Chronicles chapter 32. There's another king now of Judah. His name is King Hezekiah. Now we're 130 years this side of Jehoshaphat. 130 years after Jehoshaphat's situation. Hezekiah's in a situation. Now the great multitude of the Assyrians, amen, and they're they're a very barbaric butchering army. Feared by the world. They've already defeated the Egyptians, the Phoenicians, and the Philistines, and they destroyed their cities and their countries and left them desolate and burned their gods. And now they're riding on this little kingdom called Judah who claims to serve the one true God. And the king of Syria sends a messenger to the walls of Jerusalem, the fortified city. And he goes there and this is what he speaks. We in 2 Chronicles 32, listen to verse 14. He goes right to the wall of the city and this is what he's speaking to the people of God, the people of the city. In verse 14, Who was there among all the gods of those nations that my fathers utterly destroyed that could deliver His people out of my hand that your God... (laughs) should be able to deliver you out of my hand. Now therefore, let not Hezekiah deceive you or persuade you on this matter. Neither believe him. For no God of any nation nor kingdom is able to deliver his people out of my hand and out of the hand of my father. How much less shall your God deliver you out of my hand? He's mocking our God. That's right. He's laughing at our God. He's scoffing. He's blaspheming God. And that's what humanity's doing tonight. Brother, I'm amazed that the people that call themselves the people of God that believes that lie. You better remember something. The devil is a liar. You know, he's telling a lot of people that claim to be children of God, your God's not able to deliver you. Oh, you don't you go to church. Don't you get up in the middle of all them people. Don't you believe that you need to get on your face before God. Your God cannot help you. Your God cannot deliver you. 
We're in the same situation. Now what you going to believe? It's pretty obvious a lot of people believe in the lie. That's right. Or when we gathered to meet as the house of God, but as the people of God, it'd be packed on our face before God. Brother, what Hezekiah do? He remembered. He remembered 130 years ago. Jehoshaphat's back was against the wall in his situation and his crisis, and there was nothing he could do. And he went into the house of God and got on his face before God and he cried in his affliction and God answered his prayer and God protected him and delivered him. You know what, you know what Hezekiah done? He went and got Isaiah, the preacher, and brother, they went in the house of God and they got on their face before God in the house of God. And they cried to God and said, God, we need some help. Guess what God did? Sent one angel. You can go read that same situation. It is recorded for us in the Second Kings chapter nineteen. God sent one angel, and one angel in one night killed one hundred eighty-five thousand Assyrians, mowed them down. And that king that blasphemed God, mocked at God, and scoffed at God, he went home defeated, and he was murdered and assassinated by his own children. Our God. Is able. You're just going to have to walk by faith and not by sight. Quit looking at the situation. Quit looking at the circumstance. Quit looking at the corona. Look to Christ. Our eyes are upon you. Where else can we go, Lord? Where else can we go? Where else do we need to go? So here's the continual favors of God. He said in Psalms 34 verse 7 that the angel of the Lord encampeth around about those that fear Him. And that word encampeth around about, folks, is, he's like a fortified, he's like a sentry on guard. A fortified city. Protection to the people of God. But not only we see here the, the, the continual favors, but there's the confused furious. Notice it said the heathen raged. He uttered his voice and the earth melted in verse 6 of our text. Now that when we say heathen, we automatically think of a naked person in the jungle with a bone in his nose. But this word heathen in the Hebrew, it just simply means the Gentile nations, the unbelieving nations, the nations that do not believe in God. Matter of fact, I've got an American College Dictionary about that big on my desk and I looked up this word heathen and this is what it said. A heathen is any person that does not believe in God for salvation. Our country is full of heathen. Our communities are full of heathen. Our churches are full of heathen. Because, brethren, the confused, furious, had rather be religious than right with God and redeemed by God. The 
Bible says in the last days perilous times shall come. And that word perilous means dangerous, deadly, demonic. We're in those days, amen, the last days when men are lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Got a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. Religious but not redeemed or regenerated by the Holy Ghost of God. That's why they flee in the house of God. Blaspheming God. Mocking at God. Denying the very existence of God. Confused, fierce. And because of that, what we're experiencing, amen, we are experiencing apathy in our society, apostasy in our sanctuary, and anarchy in our streets. If a man's doing what's right in his own eyes in our culture today, Calling the good evil and evil good. Brother, we've got people in the White House, they're passing laws to protect the sodomites. And they're passing laws to persecute the saints of God. Why? Because they're confused. Confused. They're so confused they don't even know if they're male or female. You can't even call Mr. Taterhead Mr. Taterhead no more. He's just Taterhead. I mean, you're going to offend somebody. You've got to be politically correct. I mean, this crowd today is so confused. They don't even. Listen, you got youngins and grand youngins. You better get your family and get them in the house of God that'll teach them the truth of the Word of God in the beginning. God created them male and female in His likeness, in His image, for His glory. You can have alterations and modifications, but you still are what God made you. Yes. Yes. And it ain't hard to figure out what you are. In the womb, God created us. He knows us. We're fearfully and wonderfully made. And let me tell you something, the devil and the demons of hell, brother, that's their last, I mean, attempt on God, amen. And brother, I mean, that's man and his arrogance and pride of blaspheming God that you made a mistake, God, in making me this way. God makes no mistakes. They're confused. So confused by the devil and the demons of hell, the author of confusion. Blind and don't even know it. Brother, we are experiencing the apathy in our society, apostasy in the sanctuary. He said in the last days, men, listen, they're no longer in dear sound doctrine, but they're going to heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. They're going to turn from the truth and turn to faith. We're in that day when people don't want the truth of the Word of God. Now it was even told me, and I shouldn't say this without going and checking on it, but you probably know if you Google it. Some guy in the White House, I don't know if he's a representative or a senator, it was come up that one said something about trusting God and believing God, or he said we don't need God or something to that effect. Or he said we don't we really don't care what God thinks about it or something. Let me tell you something, we got the confused fears. Has the majority of this country. Confused. And we're experiencing apostasy in the sanctuary where we're fleeing from truth of God's word. 
It's too hard. We're trying to twist it and modify it and alter it to fit our wicked lifestyles. And then we sing, experiencing anarchy in the streets. You listen, if you served our nation, my, you got my utmost respect. If you served in any branch of our armed services, I thank you for your service. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Amen. What has made America great? It was founded upon the principles of God's Word, the truth of this Word. Amen. Liberty. That man has a right to worship God in spirit and in truth. Amen. And with that liberty came in comes the freedom of speech. But we're being censored already. And it's going to get worse. I've been cut off and shut down. But brother, I'm going to shout it to the Lord to come. Brother, what we're seeing here, and listen, I may upset y'all. I'm going to say something. I don't care if you're a Democrat or a Republican. Listen, this country, you've got a right to protest. If you want to protest, get a sign and get with it. That's what makes America, I mean, the freedom of speech. But when you Take a brick and smash a window. You set fire to some private property. Or you murder somebody all in the name of social justice. That's nothing more than a demonstration of depravity sent from the very demon of hell. Under the disguise, amen. We have a right to protest. Yeah, you got a right. Brother, both, both sides are guilty. Amen. Guilty. Just, just demonstrating the depravity, the anarchy, rebellion against authority that God has ordained. Confused. The Bible says, before the Lord comes, it's going to be just like it was in the days of Noah. Men will be eating and drinking and married and giving a marriage and didn't know until the day that Noah entered into the ark and brother, the very wrath of God's going to come and destroy them all. Man was happy being hellish, satisfied being sinful. Living to satisfy the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes and the pride of life. Now I'm going to give you some statistics. Since Corona hit when they started counting the deaths last March till now, a little over a year now, 3,300,382,000, I think I looked at it before I left the house. Now, one's too many. I understand that, one's too many. But globally, 3,300,000. Have died with Corona. That's right. And the world is in the tailspin. Hang on to your seat. The same time span I've been counting it, keeping up with it, from March of last year to now, 56 million, that's more than 3 million, 
56 million babies have been murdered in the womb. Now how can a holy sovereign God that places us in the womb created in His likeness and His image for His glory stand by and allow humanity to continue with such atrocities and blasphemy? That's why I said it was sent by the hand of God to say I'm God. 50, more, um, Hitler killed six million and we called him the devil incarnate. That's right. That's right. That's right. 56 million. Now here, what, what, is the, what is the motto of Corona? The global motto of Corona is this, we're in this together. <laughs> We in this together. Now remember, the firemen is saying, "Men, they've been preaching that for twenty years." Amen, brother. Together, global, global unification of globalization. Amen, of humanity. We gotta save the planet to save ourselves. But you see, that message has fallen on deaf ears. But now this one's got people's attention. We in this together. We're gonna have to come together. We're gonna have to work together. Now, brother, we know from this blessed book there's going to be a one-world government. There's going to be a one-world religious system, a one-world political system, a one-world economical system. And, brother, it's everything's already out there in place. You know what it's waiting on? It's waiting on the man that can come and usher it in. And the Bible tells us that man is riding a white horse in Revelation chapter 6. He's coming on a white horse. It's called the Antichrist. He's going to act like Christ and imitate Christ and the world's going to think He is Christ. Why? They're the confused, furious, amen. And brother, they're going to fall at His feet and worship Him. And He's going to implement all these institutions globally, amen. And brother, put them in power. Listen, He comes with a bow. That's a symbol of power. But He's got no arrows because He ain't coming to make war. He's coming to bring peace. But he's he's, He's a false peace. And notice in that text it said on his head a crown was given. That's important. He got one crown and it's given to him. Who gave it to him? The God of this world. Who's that? The devil. And that crown in the Greek is Stephanos. It means temporary. Temporary power. And then it says in Revelation 13, it was given unto him again, amen, to deceive the nations, and it was given unto him power to make war with the saints. But the Bible gets to Revelation 19, talks about another coming on the white. That's right. That's right. Oh, and his name is faithful and true. He's coming to judge and make war. On his thighs written the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And on his head are many crowns. And that word crowns in the Greek is diadems. And brother, it means royalty, sovereignty, deity. Because that's who he is on that white horse. And brother, those crowns weren't given to him. Brother, they're rightfully his because he's God. Right. Right. Yes. <laughs> 
And that confused fears gather from around the world globally, amen, and want a mind to come against God to overthrow God and eradicate and eliminate God. And the Bible said He just speaks the Word and mows down like grass. He speaks and the earth melted. And they fall as dead men because they're dead. Oh, they're confused tonight. Brethren, we need to understand something. There's truth that is eternal. Our only hope is Jesus Christ. We'll see Him later. Amen. Because when the dust settles and the smoke clears, that one on the white horse is still on the Mount of Olives. The Prince of Peace. To bring global peace. Amen. He burns the chariots in the fire, fire, amen. Causes all wars to cease. Only God can do that. As we close tonight, there's the Commander's Fellowship. If you have run to the refuge, you've received the salvation of God, the security of God, the safety of God, the strength of God, the protection of God. This is our fellowship with God. said, the Lord of hosts is with us. You know who that Lord of hosts is? You can go to Isaiah chapter 6. It said, when the year of King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up, sitting upon His throne, and His train filled the temple. And the seraphim was flying around that throne saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The Lord of hosts is the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. He's the captain of our salvation. He's our shelter. He's our refuge. The Lord of hosts is with us. Y'all remember when Joshua in chapter 5 of Joshua, he had to take Jericho. He's in a situation. He's in a crisis. and He don't know what to do. He's out there praying, Amen. And brother, I mean, what am I going to do, Lord? And he looked and there was a man with a sword in his hand. He said, are you for us or against us? And he said, neither. I'm here to take over. I'm the Lord of hosts. Remember what I said? There's the continual favors of God. He's in the middle of the situation with us. Amen. We just don't recognize it. He said, I'm the Lord of hosts. It was the pre-incarnated Jesus Christ Himself. And Joshua fell on His face. If my people were called by my name, would humble themselves. He said, Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. <coughs> oh, brethren, that's what we need to get to tonight. On our face before sovereign God and say, We're listening. I need you to speak to me, Lord. Into my situation, into my crisis, into my circumstance. Remember in 2 Kings chapter 6, Elisha and his servant, well, his servant woke up one morning and he looked, and they were surrounded by an enemy. Oh no, a great multitude of the enemy was circled around about him. He said, Preacher, what are we going to do? We're done. 
And the preacher started praying and said, Lord, open his eyes. Ain't that? The preacher wants to pray about everything. <laughs> Lord, open his eyes. Wait a minute. His eyes is open. He sees the enemy. He sees the circumstance. He sees the situation. That's his problem. He sees what he sees. And it's a crisis to him. It's a circumstance. And he says there's no hope. We're done. But the preacher said, Lord, open his spiritual eyes. That's right. That he might see. It says in 2 Corinthians 4.18, don't look upon the things which are seen because the things which are seen are temporal. But look upon the things which are not seen because the things which are not seen are eternal. Amen. Now young people, you listen to something. There's a spiritual realm out there raging tonight. Amen. There's war raging between the forces of good and evil. God and Satan. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. And the only way you're going to see that realm is through faith. Believing the Word of God. I'll never leave you, nor forsake you, regardless of the circumstance or the crisis or the situation you're in. Brother, the Lord opened that young man's eyes and he said, Dave, that the enemy was surrounded by the chariots of God. Amen. And you know what he said? There's more with us than it is with them. Fear not, little flock. It's the Father's good will give you the keys to the kingdom. Father, tonight, Lord, we thank You that You are ever around about us, Lord. You're good to us in spite of us. And Lord, tonight we are acknowledging Your sovereignty and our need for You, Lord. We are crying in our affliction. And Lord, we know Your ear is not deaf that You cannot hear. Your arm is not short that You cannot save. And God, we are confessing tonight, Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are upon You. Our spiritual eyes, amen, because You are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. You are the just I am, the righteous, the faithful, the true, and You will reign forever and ever upon your throne. Oh God, tonight that we get a glimpse of your glory and your power and your presence of who you are and get our eyes off the circumstances of our situations and Lord just serve you as our Savior. In Jesus name we pray. Amen and amen. We're going to stand tonight as we sing. Number 178. The altars are open if you want to come pray. Pastors available as we sing. Come. If you got lost sons and daughters, pray for them. Soon and very soon the trump of God's gonna sound. And the dead Christ shall rise. And those of us who are alive remain, we're gonna be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. We leave in this place. We leave it. But your lost sons and daughters, mothers and fathers, friends and family, they don't know God, they're going to be left behind. They're the confused tonight. 
pray that the Spirit of God would bring illumination and revelation of salvation before it's too late. That they may come to know Him in truth. Spirit in truth. If you're lost tonight, you need to be saved. You come. I know the pastor's busy. If you need me, let me know. we got other men that can help you. And other ladies can help you. Other pastors here, if you need help, just raise your hand. We want to pray with you. If you lost, don't leave here lost tonight. There's a river. There's a river that's full and a river that's flowing. The river fails not. It's man that fails God, but God's never failed us. Amen. He's true. He's true. You can trust Him. It's time to pray, Christians. It's time to be in the church. Lord, I don't know what to do. In the midst of this famine, in the midst of this pestilence, in the midst of this crisis. But my eyes are on You. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me. The God of Jacob is our refuge. God of Jacob. Jesus, I come. If you're lost tonight, you come. Be saved. If you need salvation, run to the refuge. That refuge is a shelter. It's a shelter. A place to find salvation and security. Strength. God can help you when you cannot help yourself. our refuge. Why didn't He say the God of Israel? The word Israel means God rules, God governs, God prevails. But He didn't say that. He said the God of Jacob. The word Jacob means liar, cheater, supplanter, hill grabber. The God of Jacob is our refuge. You know why He said that? Because God made a covenant with Jacob before God made Jacob Israel. And God is revealing that He is a God that keeps His Word. That salvation does not depend upon your performance. Your salvation is on my provision. 
who I am. And my promise salvation is a covenant relationship with God. And it's not us that gets God, it's God that gets us. Brother, God is in an eternal covenant with His people. And He knows we're a bunch of liars and cheaters and connivers. He knows at our best, amen, we're just a bunch of cheaters. But He loves us in spite of us. God's not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. God of Jacob is our refuge. He knows who I am and what I am. Praise God. But He keeps His Word in spite of me. Thank you, Jesus. That's why tonight you need to run to this refuge. Listen, he never. people say, oh, but that's the God of the Old Testament. That's the Old... No, listen. He's the same God today as He was yesterday, the same forevermore. The God of the Old Testament, same God of the New Testament, same God tonight. Amen. He's the same sovereign God. That says He's the Elohim. Amen. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost before this world ever began. Same God. It's just for us that lose sight, us that lose faith in who He is. The God of Jacob is our refuge. We're going to sing. If you need the pastries available, you come. Don't leave like you come. It's help. God shall help her.
phone's on that stand right there. If it wasn't, I'd be taking a picture of this from right here. Amen. <laughs> Boy, what a blessing. Uh, God has blessed us so richly. And uh, mostly uh, in the preaching of His Word tonight. Amen. 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 Listen, I'm telling you what. Uh, I've had good preaching in my life. I've heard a lot of it. But I ain't heard no better than what we've heard the past two nights. It's uh, it's good. And I have a feeling it's just going to get better. Amen. Amen. You come back tomorrow night. We'll be here. Uh, Brother Scotty will be here. Well, uh, unless the rapture takes place. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I'm going to be holding on to your coattail, son. I, I might not beat you there, but I'll be right behind you. I'll promise you that. Yes, sir. But uh, if if the rapture takes place, let me see who can come fill in for him. That's I shouldn't be like that. <laughs> Paul, you no, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's what you get for scaring me a while ago, for sneaking up on me. But uh, we will be here tomorrow night, Lord willing. Amen. And I'm expecting the Lord to show up uh, for Scotty to preach his heart out again. I tell you what, he's been on fire. Y'all come tomorrow night just watch him burn. Amen. <laughs> But uh, I'm excited. I'm thankful because I'll tell you what, God has spoken to my heart. And that's how revival starts. It doesn't doesn't start in them or in somebody else or in the guy standing next to you. What it it always starts in me. Lord, I need You. I need You more than I need my next breath. I need You more than I need my next meal. I need You more than I need anything else in this world. God, won't You touch my heart? Won't You forgive me of my sin? Won't You strengthen me where it is that I'm weak? God, I need You in my life. You come back tomorrow and help us as we worship a risen Lord and Savior. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we love You. We thank You so much for Your love, for Your mercy. We thank You for this opportunity again to be in Your house with Your people to hear the preaching of Your Word. It's all about You. It's so little about us. God, it's, it's for Your glory and for Your honor. Uh, God, it's for our edification and for our strength. And sometimes it's even for our terror. God, that You might put the fear of God in our hearts. Help us, Lord, to turn away from sin. To surrender every inch, every ounce, every fiber of our being to Your Lordship. And God, we'll be careful to give You and You alone the praise and the glory for who You are and what You do. And we pray this in Jesus' name and for His sake. Amen. Amen. God bless you.